My name is Nigel. Guy Relford filling in for Hammer. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll go to the drivehuler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, investigative journalist for the Daily Signal. Tony, how are you? Fantastic, Nigel. And Tony, uh, in your previous life, you were a STEM administrator for IPS. You have an education background. You're an education journalist. Some of the stuff you focus on is in in education when you uh, do your writing. And uh, one of the things you retweeted, you retweeted an article having to do with school choice. It says, school choice surge 2023 poised for parental rights outbreak in Republican states. Tell me about what this means. Well, two things. So first of all, school choice is an increasingly popular movement uh, among people of all political aisles. It's considered the rising tide that lifts all boats. A lot of parents are dissatisfied with a lot of public schools around the country that have languished in their academic provision. Uh, Even some of the best schools in our state here in Indiana have very lackluster reading uh, performance. A lot of parents want to be able to send their kids somewhere else. Um, And unlike in Indiana, where uh, you can get vouchers for things like tuition to private schools, in other states that's not possible. Your education tax dollars are going to go to public schools. Well, a lot of state legislatures are changing that. The other good news, and might I say my favorite news, is that a lot of parents' rights legislation, including transparency laws, uh, including curriculum laws, including bans on segregationist uh, curriculum treating students differently based on gender or color, um, or teaching things like the 1619 Project, those are also hitting state legislators in the upcoming sessions. And it's also gaining a ton of support because uh, parents are really tired of a lot of this garbage that they've found festering since the uh, since they discovered during the COVID-19 lockdowns. T- tell me more about school choice in Indiana. So if somebody, if, if parents are uh, unsatisfied with the education or the quality or even the school that, that, that their kids go to, they have an option to either drive them uh, somewhere else to a, to a better location, even though they don't live in the district? Yeah, that's correct. You can. Uh, there is state law that says you can send your kid to any public school that you would prefer as long as you're willing to cover transportation. Uh, but more so, if you make under a certain amount a year, uh, you are able to uh, – use a state voucher to pay just the tuition costs uh, to send your student or your child uh, to a charter school, to a private school, to somewhere else. Well, who in the um, world? Interest- go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, interestingly enough, I don't I don't think that's good enough. It doesn't cover the cost of uh, book fees. It doesn't cover the cost of a lot of other things that come with educating a kid. And it doesn't cover, for example, the cost of screening children for learning disabilities. I think that hmm. needs to change. Are there because at the beginning of this segment you said this is um, sort of a bipartisan thing we're seeing now? Are there people that are against school choice? Absolutely. Teachers unions, namely, uh, they're terrified of school choice. They think that if we open up the market so that the better schools uh, can receive students and the uh, poorer schools, and by poor, I don't mean economically, uh, because we find that in Indiana, um, our schools like Indianapolis public schools receive boatloads of money, but poor performing uh, academically, you know, they can't actually teach their kids how to read. Fewer people will go there and they are worried those schools will shut down and it will be this horrible, horrible thing. Uh, Whereas uh, you're seeing that a lot of parents, that's just not enough of an excuse anymore. And uh, their kids come first, uh, not the salaries of union officials. Yeah. so, So what's going on, do you think, especially in the in these red states what what do you think is happening with these legislatures and it sounds like indiana is doing pretty well in terms of um, school choice and school vouchers but but other places are starting to take notice what's happening 
Well, what you're seeing is a lot of states who have kind of establishment Republican old guard legislatures who are being told it's not good enough. Um, It's not enough now for you just to listen to the teachers unions and kind of be told very softly what you need to pass as far as education reform. You actually need to serve your constituents. And we see state legislatures that are being staffed uh, with more and more representatives and senators who are more concerned with giving parents the financial freedom to send their kid where they want. And I think that what you're seeing is a large shift away from this uh, kind of suckling at the teat of national public education being the only option. Uh, There appears to be an idea where we can treat it just like any other industry in the country, and that is one based on capitalism fueled by competition. And then you also mentioned parental rights. And if you could just maybe expand on that in the article and and exactly what that means and, and maybe just drill down there a little bit. Parents' rights is a very simple concept. It's the idea that the parent has the ultimate authority of what their kid is taught, how they are taught it, and when certain things are and aren't allowed to happen to their child. It's the God-given right of parenthood. You made that kid, and therefore you have the constitutional rights therein to decide what that uh, child is told and what they are asked to do. This involves everything uh, regarding schools giving kids surveys that have a lot of really weird, concerning stuff, taking time away from academics. Uh, whether uh, places like in uh, South Madison and the the Pendleton story that I recently released in which a school was asking uh, teachers to withhold information about a student's gender and pronouns from parents or whether it's teaching racist or segregationist curriculum like from the 1619 Project like a lot of Indianapolis schools do. These things are a violation of parental rights and so a lot of legislation around the country is being put forward to put the power back in the parents to determine what their kids will and won't be taught. Excellent. Love it. Tony Kennett here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, investigative journalist for the Daily Signal. I keep track of you. You're a good follow on Twitter. Uh, at the Tonus is uh, your, your Twitter account. Um, you were going back and forth with a journalist today. Uh, this has nothing to do with education, but I found it interesting. You and you and Ryan Martin, who I think he used to work for the Indy Star, and now he writes for uh, stateaffairsindiana.com. Um, can you tell me about this article that he wrote about Marion County law enforcement asking for help from Indiana lawmakers? And then you had an issue with something in this article. Yeah, so the, the the article starts off uh, suggesting, so there are these, these cops in Marion County, and they're stumbling upon these weapons that are dangerously similar to illegal machine guns, and it's just such terrifying language. And, uh, you know, Guy Relford, you know, he can definitely speak to this better than I can. But according to federal law, a machine gun, which is really a euphemism for a fully automatic gun, that's something that when you hold down the trigger, bullets continue continue to come out of the gun, um, ordinances continually fired, that's already illegal under the the Firearms Act uh, from the 1930s. So you cannot just go out and and wield a fully automatic weapon. If you do, it has to be stamped by the ATF, and it has to be taxed. It's quite a hefty tax stamp that you have to pay annually in order to own a fully automatic weapon. So Ryan's article starts off with this this fear-mongering sensationalism of (laughs) the indie cops are finding these dangerous, you know, kind of submachine guns, machine guns fully, and I, I called him out on that because it's it's 
a very disingenuous way to frame uh, a, a firearm that a cop might be finding um, or a conversion kit, which would convert a semi-automatic firearm to a fully automatic firearm. So I asked him to tell me, were the firearms that cops are finding, are they semi-automatic, a.k.a. you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out, were they semi-auto or were they fully automatic? And he wouldn't answer the question. So I accused him of sensationalism, and uh, it's just unfortunate to see that state affairs, which was supposed to be this nonpartisan, nonprofit, really bold step in journalism because the Indy Star is dying is basically just become Indie Star Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Well, let me let me ask you this, and, and I'll push back just a little, play, playing devil's advocate here. You know, you read the story, and then he's talking about the, you know, interpreting existing state statutes. Is there a distinction between these conversion kits and illegal machine guns? But I don't know that I don't know that you guys were arguing about that, and so much as you were maybe um, going back and forth about his his wording and his, uh, like you said, sensationalism. Uh, it, it's kind of a part and part. So I disagree with the idea that we need to call the entire state legislature together and, and clarify laws on machine guns when uh, the federal statute has True. been very clear on this since the 1930s. Uh, and the ATF has been possibly overstepping in their bounds, very, very ardent in making sure that every single definitive step of what classifies fully automatic has been updated. They banned bump stocks in 2018 into 2019. And so to, to write this article, well, we need the state legislature to step up because cops have questions. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you do something federally illegal... Uh, Indiana state police officers will arrest you. A sheriff will arrest you. If you are doing something that is illegal under a federal statute, you don't need to just violate Indiana law. That makes no sense. And also, since the 90s, the federal government and the ATF have ruled Indiana state law fully compliant with federal law regarding everything from illicit substances to firearms. So it's kind of a non-article just made to be out, made out to be really kind of a fear-mongering sensational piece as given by the first paragraph. And I just don't have time for that. I, gun scares because we have constitutional carry <laughs> or because, you know, someone owns an AR-15 is, is goofy. I don't think that it's actually making anyone safer. It's just meant to scare the anti-gun crowd. Tony Kennett, what are you working on at the Daily Signal right now? Uh, yeah, sure. I've got a couple of interesting pieces coming up. There is a uh, school in Arkansas that has been taking a lot of money from a very popular supermarket chain. You might be able to guess the one that I'm talking about. And uh, it's basically to teach segregationist curriculum. Oh, wonderful. And this organization has also donated to uh, an individual who called all survivors of 9-11 uh, uh, mentally deficient, using a, a slur oh, for that. Boy. So, yeah, there, there's some interesting things that we've got coming out because people need to realize that some of these large corporations are donating directly against their interests to uh, some pretty horrific stuff. Tony, have a great week, man. appreciate you coming on and uh, love having you on as always. Happy New Year to you and your family. Absolutely. Same to you and yours. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll be right back.